0: Is your faith facing the fire? Are you under the gun? You know, faith is tested in the fires of life. And in Daniel chapter 3, we're going to look at the fiery furnace and our faith facing the fire. And we're going to see a grand display of biblical faith and a great definition of what faith really is. And it's today on Walk in Truth.
1: You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get to today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. For your gift of any size, we would like to give you the free DVD, Dark Dangers of the Occult. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
0: It's an important insight to know that there were three of them because I think it's easier to stand when others are standing with you. Amen. But I heard Walter Martin one time say, if you have to stand alone, God will help you make that stand. Walter Martin one time said, if you have the love of people and you're in the ministry and you're a preacher, thank God for that. But he said in his incredible style, but you don't need it. Because if God asks you to stand alone, here's my question, will you stand? And I'll tell you, I so appreciate the body of Christ because I appreciate having brothers and sisters standing with me. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, write it down. Two are better than one because they have a re- good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower one who is alone, two can resist him. Listen, a cord of three strands is not what? Easily broken or quickly torn apart. A cord of what? Three strands. How many men are standing here? There are three standing together. If it be so, verse 17, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. You can see some Jewish people who had bowed down. Amen. Amen. Preach it, brother. Reach it! <laughs> I heard a pastor who uh, they've, uh, they've partnered with the Union Rescue Mission, mission on Skid Row uh, in some of the hardest ministry probably on the planet. And he said, yeah, our, our church stepped up and, you know, everybody was excited about this partnership to minister to people on Skid Row until they realized what it was really all about. And then they responded, here I am, Lord. Send him. And that's what a lot of Christians do. Here I am, Lord, until they realize it may be a little bit dirty. Here I am, Lord, send her, until they realize there may be a little bit of a cost. This, brothers and sisters, is faith. Don't you believe those weird definitions that you hear from some circles of professing Christianity that say, That faith is just believing enough. And if you just have enough faith, anything you ask is going to happen. That's not faith. That's a new age concept. Speaking your own reality. You just speak out into the universe somewhere and you're going to get what you spoke. No, that makes you God. And so I, I like this. I like the confidence. The confidence is we believe God can. We believe he will. Look at verse 18. Put this into your faith definition. But even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, we are not bowing down. I believe he can. I believe he will. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. You mean sometimes faith could include when I don't get my will, I'm talking about Michael's will, I'm still supposed to believe? When God doesn't answer my prayer the way that I've prayed for maybe a long time, I'm still supposed to believe. You mean in my faith definition, it has to include even if he doesn't. I believe he can. I believe he will. But even if he doesn't, yes. You see, this is what faith is about. Faith is trusting God even when I don't understand. Faith is trusting God even when I don't get the answer that I'm looking for. What's your definition of faith? Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You see, so many people get disappointed because they're sold a bill of goods about what they think a faith definition is. But that's not faith. Faith is trusting God even when it doesn't make sense. Dr. James Dobson some years ago wrote a book, When God Doesn't Make Sense, and he told the story about some friends, very committed believers who were in ministry, very uh, God-fearing men who all died in a plane crash. And he said they were at the memorial service for the three men. There were the grieving wives. There were children and businesses and friends and family and churches left behind. And it didn't make sense. And Dobson said, I was wrestling with God. And he said, at the moment they dismissed from the memorial service out of the church, they all looked up and a plane was passing, I think, over the chapel at that exact time. And I think there was a rainbow involved or there was some sort of sign as if heaven was saying, I know. I understand. I'm working. I think some of you uh, have heard this song by Jeremy Camp. I don't know that he wrote all the lyrics, but he wrote scattered words and empty thoughts seem to pour from my heart. I've never felt so torn before. Seems I don't know where to start. But it's now that I feel your grace falls like rain from every fingertip washing away my pain. I still believe in your faithfulness. I still believe in your truth. I still believe in your holy word. Even when I don't see. I still believe. That's faith. Faith is I'm going to walk when I don't see. Now there are many beautiful, wonderful, glorious things that God has allowed me to see. Amen. There have been many incredible answers to prayer. People that God has brought into the kingdom. Blessings that he, he's rained upon us. And I think that these three young men are a model of what it means to believe. When well, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 19, was filled with wrath, his facial expression was altered. <laughs> that means he was a little bit contorted. What? What do you mean you're not going to sing the chocolate bunny song? (laughs) Right? I get my way. I always get my way. No, we're not going to bow. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then here's my command. Heat up that furnace seven times hotter than it was. I'll show those Jewish boys who's boss around here. One commentator said, just in case the Jewish God was able to save only from normally heated furnaces. (laughs) Seven times hotter now. (laughs) Hang on, boss. (laughs) And that's probably how they did it. And so they made it hotter and hotter, hotter and hurry. Okay, boss, okay. Oh, he was intense. Some people believe the seven times hotter is figurative, but I don't think so. I think Nebuchadnezzar is very literal. And he commanded certain valiant warriors, that is, some of his strongest soldiers who were in the army, to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps. Normally they would undress victims like this, but they didn't, they didn't even want to wait. Their caps, their other clothes, and they were cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was urgent, he couldn't wait. The furnace had been made extremely hot. That's why I don't think it's metaphorical. The flame of the fire slew those men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They carried them up. It would appear that the way this worked is the, the furnace was like a cone shape and there was an entrance on the top and then you went down into the furnace. And so they climbed up maybe some sort of ladder. The soldiers had them. They had them tied up in bonds. And when they got to the top, the furnace was so hot it killed Some of the most valiant soldiers that Nebuchadnezzar had. And here's the way I see it. And they released their grip because they died in the moment. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the fiery furnace. And the other soldiers died. And here's an application. When we let our anger boil over and get so intense and so hot, other people end up getting hurt that we didn't even intend to hurt. Some of his top soldiers, some of his strongest men died because Nebuchadnezzar couldn't wait. They need to go in the fire and they need to go now. And it killed some of his best soldiers. Sometimes our anger does that very thing. But these three men, 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace, blazing fire, still tied up. Can you imagine that moment? Okay. (laughs) Ah! Help me now, please. <laughs> this is the time when God has to work <laughs> or your toast. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded. He stood up in haste and he responded and said to the high officials, Was it not three men we cast into the midst of the fire? They answered this and said to the king, Certainly, O oh king, certainly. Yes, it was three of them. He answered and said, Look! I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm and the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods it's bar elah in Hebrew it could be translated this to...
1: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment but first what do you know about the occult
2: In the month of October the number one theme is Halloween Houses are decorated, and kids drag their parents to the store to get the costume they want to wear for their holiday's trick-or-treat night. There are those that take the holiday on a darker path. What do you know about the occult? People are often fascinated with it, but it is far from innocent. It is dangerous. God warned his people in the Bible to understand what it is and have nothing to do with it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is a DVD available to you this month by Pastor Michael Lance. The video includes teachings and interviews that will help expose the occult for what it is and shine the light of Christ's power over it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is available as a thank you when you give a donation of any size in support of Walk in Truth. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH.
1: Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth.
0: This is the time when God has to work, (laughs) or you're toast. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astounded. He stood up in haste, and he responded and said to the high officials, Was it not three men we cast into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, Certainly, O king, certainly. Yes, it was three of them. He answered and said, Look! I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm, and the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. It's bar Elah in Hebrew. It could be translated the son of God or the son of the gods. Some people say it could be plural because he was a pagan. How did he see the three of them, to begin with, in a fire, but let alone a fourth one who, as VeggieTales puts it, was real shiny. (laughs) That means he had to be more shiny than the fire. This is a powerful being. And here's something that we learn about our God. He doesn't always save us from the fire, but he'll enter the fire with you. And you might say tonight, Are you sure, Pastor Michael? Are you sure that when I face my fiery furnace, when I face the fires of hell or whatever comes my way, how can I know for sure that he'll be with me in the fire? Look no further than the cross. He entered the fire of this earth and sin and death and the devil and everything he had to face for us. Do you think he can meet you in the other fires of your life? I'd say so. And there he is in the midst of the fire. Nebuchadnezzar's comment is intriguing. He sees a fourth individual walking around and he identifies him as the son of God or the son of the gods. Notice that the only thing that the fire did in this case was burn away their bonds And when you stand strong in the midst of temptation and you stand against idolatry and compromise, the only thing the fire will do, by God's grace, is burn away the things that bind you. Do you believe that? How many of you have experienced a time, maybe recently, where you faced a temptation maybe that you've fallen to before and you stood your ground and you became more free as a result? Do you know there's a spiritual principle? Here's what it is. The more times you face your fires and you refuse to compromise, the more free you'll become. Your chains will fall away. That's the spiritual principle. And it's true. There's no safer place than in the fire with Jesus. The Lord did not remove the fire, but preserved them through the fire. You can check out Revelation 3.10. That says something like that. Things may not always go smoothly. They may not always be pain free. But the Lord said, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. This is 2 Timothy 4.17. It says, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. In order that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished. And that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. Second Timothy 4.17 and 18. The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the door of the furnace of blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. Now, you might think that their clothes were smoking and, you know, they were a bit charred and, you know, had to brush some ash off of themselves. But that was not the case. The satraps, prefects, the governors, 27, the kings, high officials gathered around. They saw in regard to these men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men nor was their hair of their head singed. The Hebrew says not even a hair was out of place. Their hairdos were all perfectly spiked and everything. I'm just kidding. That's not what it means. (laughs) Not a hair of their head was singed, nor were their trousers damaged. Oh, this is cool. Even the new uh, tennis shoes were all right. Nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. Can you imagine being one of the leaders and going, you look over at the, strongest soldiers in the kingdom, they're dead and they didn't, they just got near the furnace. And these guys, they're intact. There's not no smoke smell. There's no singeing the hair. There's nothing. Would that make you go, Hmm, I wonder if I'm serving the right God. Psalm 91 comes to mind. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, he he does this several times in the book. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who has sent his angel, kind of messed up my day. But anyway, he has sent his angel and delivered his servants who put their trust in him, violating the king's command and yielded up their bodies so as not to serve or worship any God except their own God. You know, after unbelievers watch you take a stand, sometimes they begin to celebrate the fact that you're legit. And some of them might even start to believe in the God you serve. Do you know that some of them sometimes put you to a test just to see if you're legit? And if you come out smelling like a rose, as it were, they might just say, "Hmm, could you tell me a little bit about this God you serve? One of our evangelism team was at the mall and they have a table there. And there was a gal, she was working at a place that sells pretzels. And he is not supposed to approach her. So he was telling us in the prayer meeting earlier that he called to her and she asked her boss, hey, this guy wants to tell me about God. Do you mind if I walk over there? And the boss said, oh, go ahead. And he shared the gospel with her and she got saved in the mall while working at a pretzel place. And his opening line was, man shall not live on pretzels alone. I'm just kidding. That was my joke. That's not how he opened the gospel presentation. But it's an idea. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah, I know. Therefore, says Nebuchadnezzar, I make a decree that any people, nation or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Now hadn't Nebuchadnezzar in essence done that? shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses reduced to a rubbish heap, so let it be written, so let it be done. <laughs> inasmuch as as there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way, okay, uh, let's make a new decree, write this down. If anybody says anything mean about their God, uh, we'll destroy them. Boy, what a turn of events on the plain of Dura, as three young men said, ain't gonna bow. Nope ain't going to bow. You never know what God might do as a result. And then the king, and I would say the ultimate king, because he's sovereign in the book of Daniel, his sovereignty is on display, that he's all powerful, caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. Verse 30 does say King Nebuchadnezzar obviously prospered them, but behind that was the ultimate king of kings, and Lord of lords who entered the fire with these three young men. You're not alone. If you step out in faith, if you take your stand, he is faithful. He may not always do things the way you want in your time, but he will honor a man or a woman who takes a stand for him. Some of my notes. I know you're feeling the pressure. I know there's persecution for believing in Jesus at times. I know some of you are tempted to give up. The writer of Hebrews could say to the people he addressed in Hebrews 11, I know some of you are tempted to go back to the sacrificial system because it's hard to be a Christian. I know some of your friends and family are ostracizing you because of what you've believed. Some of them may have even threatened you Loss of place in work, society, family. But I'll just say to you, don't give up. And I'll say to you that in the book of Daniel, you learn that when you resolve in your heart not to compromise in small ways, you can make bigger stands when those happen. Obey God in small things, and you'll find you'll be stronger in bigger things. And you'll find favor from God. And you may even be surprised that when you take your stand, God might save somebody by your witness. Father, thank you so much for the lesson of faith in the fire. Thank you that you are so faithful. Thank you for the precious people who have come out tonight to study your word. I pray that their faith has been encouraged in whatever fire they face. Some of you may be here tonight if you keep your head and heart bowed and you're not sure that you know Jesus is your savior. Maybe you came into this place tonight and you've, you're exhausted and you didn't even know where to turn and you came here tonight, maybe as a last resort. And he's here to meet you. You might say, what what do I need to do? You need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Believe that he died on that cross for you, that he entered the fire of judgment for you, took your sin, took your judgment took your shame at that cross. That he rose from the dead to defeat death, our mortal enemy. Something like this. Lord Jesus, save me. I believe that you came into this world to die on that cross for me. Pray it if it's you. I believe you rose from the dead and I put my trust in you and I repent of my idolatry. I repent of my worldly ways, of my sins. Please forgive me. Make me a new creation in Christ. Change me from the inside out. Help me to walk by faith and not by sight. If you're a backslidden Christian and maybe you've fallen to the fire of compromise, look, we've all been there. You can get up. He'll dust you off. He'll get you back where you need to be. Just maybe do some business of repentance with him. And for those of you who are facing your own fires tonight, I pray you've been encouraged. I pray that The Holy Spirit will just encourage your heart to stand strong and stand fast as you lean upon the Lord. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Hey, listening family, it's Pastor Michael. I want to tell you another exciting thing about walkintruth.com. It's the store that's there. There's some great products up there on some intriguing subjects available in CD and DVD format. When you purchase one of those products, you actually support the radio ministry and help us reach out to more people like you. It's walkintruth.com. Click on the store, check it out, get a product, and you'll be partnering with us in the gospel ministry. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.